Hello everyone, Dustin Davis here, and welcome to Building Envelope Budget. So today, uh, I'm just driving around in my car running some errands, so I thought I would record part two of the history of Envelope Budget. And last episode I talked about building in Zolo, and I said I would talk about how I uh, transitioned that to Envelope Budget, and why I did that, and why it was a big mistake. And today I'll also talk about legal issues that I had, the stress that I went through with all of that, cease and desist letters, and other budget budget em, or envelope budgeting apps or similar apps. So yeah, let's get started. Um, so going back to, uh, I'm going to back up and I'm going to start talking about the legal issues first because it's kind of relevant to the whole history of uh, in Zolo and envelope budget and kind of why it got sort of abandoned and development kind of ceased on it. Um, and I'll try not to mention any names or companies, but my very first cease and desist letter I got <clears throat> was from actually from Dave Ramsey, which kind of surprised me because I was building a system <clears throat> that was based on his teachings. And so I used quotes of his and basically filling a gap that he didn't have. He didn't have a budgeting system. He had like this gazelle thing on his website and it wasn't really, it was pretty worthless. I mean, he had a budgeting system, but it was more of a manual, write it down, keep a checkbook type thing, but nothing online and digital. Now, of course he has every dollar, which would be in direct competition with what I'm doing. Um, but back then, yeah, it was nothing. So the cease and desist wasn't telling me to stop doing what I'm doing. It was basically to say, stop using his name, stop using the term financial peace, which he had trademarked. Um, so basically just had to remove references to Dave Ramsey and his trademarks. That wasn't really a big deal. So I did that, no problem. The second cease and desist letter I got was from another uh, envelope-based budgeting app. And they were also based in Utah. And it was actually one that I tried in the past and just, I, I mentioned it last time, was very buggy and just it basically just didn't work for me. And I didn't like a lot of the stuff it did. And so um, trying to resolve the issue, you know, they said I was infringing on their patent and the patent they sent didn't seem to have anything to do with envelope budgeting. It was really weird. And... So my first step was to reach out to them. Um, I called them and I asked if I could come in and talk to them because they had an office there in Salt Lake. So I went in to talk, chat with them. And they just, that was kind of a pointless endeavor because they weren't budging. They said my only option was to shut down. They didn't want to buy me. They didn't want to partner. They didn't, they didn't want to like sell. You know, I talked to their lawyer first to see what some options are and you know, one of the things he said, well, you could, one of the options is to um, pay a fee to use their patent or something. And they weren't interested in that even. They just wanted me to cease and desist and go away. And um, while I was in their office, I kind of got the feeling that their company wasn't doing that great anyway. Like, I thought I was going up against this huge giant, but they didn't seem um, 
on the inside what I looked at them as from the outside, if that makes sense. So I kept pushing forward, and I, I knew at this point I had to get some legal help to know what to do because I'd just spent all this time building this app, and I didn't want to just walk away from it and be the only person using it, basically, because in my opinion, it was still the best app out there. There wasn't anything out there doing what I was doing. And <clears throat> so I did, uh, my boss at my job at the time, I worked to send out cards and my boss had a, a cousin that was a lawyer. And so I reached out to him and paid $2,000 as a retainer for them to review the patent <clears throat> and write some letters to the other lawyer to kind of get a sense of where to go from there. And the response from their lawyer was, yes, um, it's not infringing on their current patent. And, but they did have a patent pending that it would be infringing upon. So he kind of laughed it off. And he's like, well, we have in writing now that their lawyer admitted that your, your app doesn't violate their patent. Uh, but if they do get the other patent, then you might have some troubles. He said, I don't see how they can. It's a very, I mean, envelope-based budgeting has been around for years. I don't see how they could patent this, even if it's virtual. Um, so I just kind of, and I also reached out to some other people. Uh, there was, I, So I can't say I was the only one doing envelope-based budgeting. Uh, There's another one I found called NeoBudget. I reached out to the creator of that and asked if he'd ever received any type of cease and desist. And he said, if I'm remembering right, he kind of just, said he just blew it off and threw it in the trash and so that was my take from then on out um my lawyer basically said i'm safe to ignore them and so i did i just continued to ignore them every time i got an email i just deleted it and one day several years later uh well maybe i'll get to that i'll come back to that <laughs> Um, I'm going to try to go according to the timeline here. So uh, while I'm spending all this time marketing uh, in Zolo and building in Zolo, I can't remember how I came across it, but I saw this domain for sale, envelopebudget.com. It was only 300 bucks at um, on GoDaddy. I thought that was a really good deal, so I bought it. Not quite sure what I would do with it, but I found in my experience, you know, I've had some other success in SEO and doing affiliate marketing and having a good domain with the keywords that you want, you know, in the .com domain was really beneficial to your search engine uh, results. So I bought that and ultimately decided, you know, after working in Django at a company full time for a couple of years and Django having gone from you know, the pre-release 0.96, I think is where I started. They are now up above 1.0. Um, and it, there was a lot of things I learned in that time. And it was a lot of, would have been a lot of work to migrate everything up to that new version. Uh, mainly the JavaScript side of things. I had a lot of jQuery stuff that was hard to migrate to the newer libraries of jQuery. And so I just decided to rewrite from scratch and fix a lot of the uh, 
issues that I'd kind of caused for myself with the database design and try to optimize some things with some things I've learned. So anyway, yeah, I decided to rewrite and um, add some features of stuff that I wanted to do in, on this new platform with the goal being to migrate everyone over to Envelope Budget and then uh, basically just redirect traffic from Enzolo to Envelope Budget. Um, it didn't quite work out that way. Uh, once I got Envelope Budget to a point where I could release it, there wasn't a lot of people on Enzolo that wanted to migrate. Um, also, I will say that during this time, I uh, hired a Filipino worker. I, she was a PHP programmer, so I taught her Python and Django, and she was helping me build Envelope Budget. And um, it just wasn't quite the same. I used a template instead of building all the HTML and CSS from scratch, so I just kind of forced things into the template that I had to, to save time. It worked, but it wasn't, like, even I didn't really want to migrate over from in solo, and that was part of the problem. So eventually I got it to a point where, okay, I need to migrate so that I can make the up updates that I need to make to make it better than in Zolo, which I eventually did, but I was still struggling to get people to move over. And so I kept in Zolo up and running and kept envelope budget up and running. So now I'm maintaining two budgeting websites. And when I add a feature to one, it only made sense to add the feature to the other. So really I was duplicating a lot of work and my marketing efforts were being spread thin um, because Enzolo was still getting all the traffic from the work I'd done on it. Even though it was hard marketing with the name Enzolo because nobody knows what that means. They don't associate it with budgeting. My, uh, my icon didn't really screen budgeting. It was just a tree. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so there was a lot of... Even when I was in the process of rewriting, I had a friend at work come to me and say, you know, that's kind of like the cardinal rule. You never rewrite a system. And I just kind of blew it off. Advice I wish I would have taken, but I didn't. So that's why I still have two envelope-based budgeting apps out there. And um, But anyway, so now I'm going to get back to the legal issues. So... Now that I've migrated over, I'm now using Envelope Budget and kind of pushing that one and just kind of letting Enzolo just kind of remain stagnant. I get a certified letter with the new cease and desist letter. Well, now uh, now this company had, had gotten their patent and now they really wanted me to cease and desist and take it down. And I had a friend at the time that I reached out to. He had a, a relation with a lawyer and he sent him the letter that I got and his, I don't know if it was his friend or relative or what, but this lawyer looked at it and he's like, I have no idea how they got this patent approved, but they did good on them. But yeah, <laughs> not much you can do about it. So that was frustrating. Um, Again, I tried to reach out to them. I went to their lawyer's office this time in downtown Salt Lake and met with him. And it was not a pleasant experience. He wasn't friendly at all. I don't know why I was expecting that I could 
we could resolve something amicably. They really wanted nothing else than for me to just shut down and go away. Um, and so I was kind of, no, I just didn't know what to do. I had all these customers using it. I didn't just want to leave them high and dry. Uh, one of the things I did is I actually reached out to Jesse Meekum, the owner of YNAB, uh, youneedabudget.com. Um, at the time, he had his app was still in Adobe Air, so it was a desktop app. Um, and I reached out to him to see if he would be interesting, interested in just acquiring my customer so I, I could just shut down and just um, have some place where they could go. And I didn't know what that really looked like. So we, we met for lunch to kind of talk about it. And he's like, you know, what? I'm just not in a position to do that right now. I'm working on building a SaaS model, going online with my budgeting app. And so I don't have the funds to do it. And I'm just, I don't want to get distracted on this new project. So kind of left at that. Um, I will say that once he did get released, he reached out to me uh, to see if I was still interested in uh, sending my customers his way but by then I was kind of like not really in the game and just kind of letting it ride out and so didn't really respond to him um, but yeah so that's kind of where I was at and you know a lot of trying to get advice and praying a lot about it not trying to figure out what to do and ultimately I just decided um, I was just going to let it be and I essentially told their lawyer that I've decided to just, um, I didn't want to leave my customers high and dry. And so, and I wasn't really making any money on it anymore. I didn't have a whole lot of customers. And so if they wanted to sue, they would have to sue me. And if a judge told me to take down my website, then I would do it. But otherwise, I'm not going to work on it anymore. I'm just going to leave it up and running. The lawyer was, wasn't happy about that at all and kind of just said, well, I can't remember how he left it, but it sounded like they were going to get back to me and probably end up in court. So that's kind of when I stopped working on things because I just didn't see the point of it anymore. It was a lot, it was very discouraging. And, um, but yeah, I just kind of let it ride out and just kind of stopped adding features and even had a hard time just uh, I didn't do any marketing didn't I got lax about answering support questions when things went wrong you know I kept the lights on but I really wasn't doing a whole lot to fix bugs or address other issues um, and kind of the 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 end of the story is um, I don't know if it's the end of the story, but I did get contacted by the CEO of that company a little, probably a few months after this, maybe about six months after this event. And he wanted to meet me for lunch in Salt Lake. Um, he was living in Park City at the time. And so we met for lunch and he said they were looking to merge with a very large company. He couldn't say who it was, but was in, wondering if, as part of this deal, it, like it was a perfect opportunity for them to acquire my company and my customers uh, as part of this merger with this other company, and they would put me on their board, 
And at this time, you know, I, like I said, I'd kind of lost motivation, lost interest. My wife didn't like the idea and I was working for a new company, which I really enjoyed. So I just essentially turned him down and that was kind of the end of it. Uh, I guess I won't really go into what happened to that company and probably make it very obvious who they are. Um, and I don't really need to call them out that way, but that's kind of why I think shut down, uh, for so long. <clears throat> so that, um, next episode, I'm going to kind of switch gears and talk about the future of envelope budget, why I picked it back up and started working on again and what my plans are and committing the cardinal sin of rewriting yet again but why i'm doing it this time what the goal is with the rewrite so stay tuned thank you for joining me bye